The following audio is from Stone Oak Bible Church. For more information about Stone Oak Bible Church or for more resources, visit us at stoneoakbible.com. Well, this week was a special week for us as a church. Uh, We celebrated one year. It was a year ago today that we gathered for the first time as a church in Stone Oak Elementary School, and it has just been an incredible year. As I think about all that God has done in us and all that He's done through us over the past year, I'm just overwhelmed. And I mean that. As we watched a video in our service this weekend that captured some of the stories from just some of the people in our church, uh, it just made me think, uh, what do you have in store for us as a church, you know? Uh, I'm grateful and I look forward to the future. Uh, But this week's sermon audio uh, is going to be a little bit different, as you can probably already tell. Um, This has only happened two times since we launched, but, but we had a technology glitch this weekend that erased the recorded message from the weekend. And so this week, what I wanted to do is just take a moment just to walk through the text that we went through uh, this weekend. Uh, So we all come from different backgrounds and upbringings. Uh, Depending on how much exposure you you had with, you have with Christianity, uh, the longer you spend in church, the more you can begin to sound like a, uh, like a church person. <laughs> the more you spend in church, the more churchy language that you can, you can pick up. And, and I'm not saying this is all bad, um, but there are some words that we pick up that, that, are, that are really helpful, right? But some of the things that we say are just a little bit humorous. Um, I couldn't resist giving you this example. Um, I could almost tell you with certainty whether or not you have a church background by the way you pronounce this word, all right? B-L-E-S-S-E-D. B-L-E-S-S-E-D. So for the rest of the world, without hesitation, uh, they would pronounce this word blessed, right? But for those who have a background in the church, uh, you see this word and your first reaction is to say blessed, right? Right? This is just one example of, of some of the church language that, that, we, that we have. But out of all the words, both for those who've grown up in the church and those who are new to this whole church thing, um, perhaps the most missed, misunderstood uh, church word is the word church. I mean, we use the word church to refer to several different things. We, we go to church and we are the church. There are churches all over the place. Are they all the church? Is this like a Walgreens, CVS kind of thing uh, going on here? Like, are we the church? Are we a part of the church? Uh, Are there true and false churches? And how can we tell? Um, Biblically, the church is called the the body, the bride, the branches on the vine, the temple, the the family of of God. What is the church? And so as we look at this text, we're going to answer the question, um, what is the church? We're going to look at our identity as the church, and we're going to talk about uh, really your identity in the church. Now, a couple things right off the bat. First, uh, the the church is a huge topic. Um, I think of it like a multifaceted diamond. We could look at it from so many different sides. 
And this could honestly be an entire series. But but for this, uh, we're going to look at one particular facet together. So we could say a lot more, but we're going to focus in on one particular facet together. Second, uh, just as a warning, this may challenge you. Uh, hear me, what we're talking about today is huge. And, and I believe that so many people in the church are having a bit of um, an identity crisis. We don't know who we are and the world, as the world looks in on us, instead of being pointed to our savior, they are confused or even turned away because of our confusion, right? Um, we need to get this right. And as we're going to see, if we do get this right, if we truly wrap our minds around our identity as the church in Christ, um, we will not be the same. Our churches will not be the same. Our communities would not be the same. And so let's look. Our text uh, for this weekend was 1 Corinthians 12. And we're going to pick it up in verse 12, but let me, let me give you a bit of context before we dive in. So Paul wrote this letter, the letter of 1 Corinthians, to the church in Corinth. Uh, and in chapter 12, Paul is talking about something so incredible. Get this, that God, through his Holy Spirit, gives the church gifts. Uh, these gifts are diverse, they're beautiful, and they are all given, they're each given to empower the church to serve the church um, so that the church is this beautiful, fully functioning organism that is healthy and powerful in order to serve God and to bring him glory. Uh, Paul is painting a picture of the church like a body, um, each, uh, each member having a unique skill, each member having a place and a purpose, each member vital to the body's health and success. And this is the church. And so God gives these gifts to the church for the good of the church in order to empower the church uh, for the mission of God. And so Paul here is talking about these gifts. And then in verse 12, um, let's, let's pick it up. Verse 12 says this, for just as the body is one and has many members and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. So let's just sit here for a bit. Paul here, when, when he talks about the body, is talking about the church. Uh, just as the, the body is one, we can read this as just as the church is one. The body is an analogy for the church. And as we're going to see here, it, it, it's a really powerful analogy. Paul says that the, the human body has many members, yet all the members belong to one body. Uh, the same is true for Christ and in the church. The body of Christ has many members, yet one body in Christ. So right off the bat, quick question, what is this verse talking about? Is this verse talking about us? Is it talking about one specific church? In other words, could we say, for just as Stone Oak Bible Church has many members, right? Or is this verse talking about the universal or global church? 
Could we say, for just as we as Stone Oak Bible Church are a member of a larger church, what is this talking about? Well, the answer to this question is, is yes. Uh, church, this is incredible for us to wrap our minds around, but follow me. The church is both local and global. The church is both Stone Oak Bible Church and the global church. And I don't want to rush past this because you are a part of something huge. As a member of Stone Oak Bible Church, you have been given gifts by God himself to serve this church. You are Stone Oak Bible Church. And we together are a part of a global movement, a global church. We collectively, a Stone Oak Bible Church, are a member of the global church and we have something to offer the world. Uh, this is why we're engaged in mission in Ethiopia. We are a member of the global church and we have a, a role to play. This is huge. It's so beautiful because if you're hearing me and you've ever wondered if you have a purpose, hear me. Yes, you were a part of something so big, something so beyond yourself. There are churches meeting throughout our city, and we need to be praying for them because those are our brothers and our sisters. Uh, there are churches meeting all across the globe, in the Middle East, in China, Ethiopia, South America, all over the globe. And we need to be praying for them because those are our brothers and our sisters. Um, praise God that we're a part of something huge, both, both here in this church and, and in the global church. Um, now, with the rest of our text, Paul is going to address two tendencies that, that we all, if I were a betting man, I would say that we all face. Uh, Paul is going to call out two feelings that we often face in the church. First is the feeling of, I don't belong. And second is the feeling of, they don't belong. Let's start with the first one. And listen to this in verse 14. It says, For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would, make it, it, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members of the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts yet one body. Can you relate? Have you ever looked around and thought, I'm just not like these people. I can't do the things that these people do. You know, I'm a foot and I just can't keep up with all these hands. I can't do the things that all these hands are doing. Um, I, I'm a foot and I see all these hands around me writing, typing, scrolling through Facebook on their phones, building things, and I am a foot. I can't do these things, right? Let me know when you want to go for a run or play some soccer, I guess, right? But Paul says, no, you are valuable. And of course, as we read this, uh, in the context of, you know, thinking of a human body, this is a no-brainer. 
Like the foot is valuable and the body would not be the same without it. But how often do we believe the lie that we are not valuable? Because we aren't exactly like the people sitting in the row beside us. How often do we believe the lie that we're not valuable? As a pastor, I see this all the time. I talk to people who, who look at me and think, oh, well, I, I don't do what he does. I, I couldn't preach. And, and judge their value based on that basis. That's like a hand saying, well, since I'm not a mouth, I'm not valuable. And Paul again says, no. Think of it like this. You bring value to this body that I could never bring. I am no more valuable. I am just trying to serve this body in the way that God has placed me. And Paul here is calling you to do the same. You belong here and you are needed here. We don't say this enough, but if you were to take yourself and your gifts away from this body, it will hurt you and it will hurt the body. You know, think of it like this. Amputation hurts, right? You belong. Paul doesn't in here though. Listen to this in verse 21. Um, the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the parts, the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. And if one member is honored, all rejoice together. Right? This, the first feeling that we talked about was, I don't belong here, right? But the second feeling that was addressed here in this text is the feeling that they don't belong. Uh, some of us have really found our spot, right? We found our gift to the church. We love being an eye. We love being a hand, whatever it is. But some of us, we, 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 we look at the big toe and we think, you know, we could do without that, right? Paul here not only calls out against that, but he calls us to care for those who we feel like this about in an even greater way. Paul says, you may feel like they don't belong, but not only do they belong, but you are called to show them honor, so that there may be no division in the body. And, and again, I love this analogy because it's so easy to see here in a human body because this is a no-brainer. It would be ridiculous for my eye to tell my big toe that it is not needed. It is ridiculous because it is one body, right? It's the body. Every part is valuable. No one wants to amputate or cut anything off, right? Well, the body, the family of God is like this. Not only do you belong here, not only are you needed here, but that person sitting next to you in your row, in your community group, you need them. We need them. They belong here. Now, with that being said, um, 
We've laid some foundation. Paul's providing this beautiful picture, this analogy for the church. But before we continue in our text, I want to call out some things that we do not see in our text or in any other text for that matter. Um, these may be obvious, but they, they might sting a little, but they're important to call out because sometimes to give us a, a more full understanding of what we are, it's important to define what we are not. So the question is, what is the church not? Let me give you three. First, the church is not a product to consume. The church is not a product to consume. So in other words, in terms of our analogy, let's say that you are a hand. The church is not a place for you to come to get your manicure. Right? The church is a body for you to belong. I believe that, that we are in uncharted waters as the church in America. And here's what I mean by that. Um, we are in a highly consumeristic culture. Let me give you a real life example. Um, do you realize that churches are reviewed like restaurants on Yelp? Do you, have you ever realized that, that churches are, are given, you know, star ratings on Facebook or Google or whatever, that we are reviewed, that we are critiqued, that we are evaluated by our consumers each week. Now, there are so many of us right now that are living in an ongoing, perpetual church shopping mode. Uh, we find our seats and we step into the role of an evaluator rather than a participant. We think, well, their music's not the style I prefer. Well, their seats aren't as comfortable as I'd like. Well, their building's not, just not inviting. Well, their children's ministry's just not as big as I would like. Now, yes, it is important to find a church that is biblically grounded. It is vitally important that you find a church that consistently preaches the gospel. As a parent, yes, it is important that, that my kids are safe and that they're cared for. Hear me, I am not disregarding any of these type of things. But hear me out. This American Idol consumeristic mindset in our culture has subtly led us to believe that the church exists with the mission to serve us. And as much as I love you, I'm going to say this, and before you shut off the audio to this, hear me out, all right? We do not exist for the purpose of offering you a product to consume. We do not exist for the purpose of offering you a product for you to consume. Now, yes, we love you. Now, yes, we want to see you grow in your faith in Christ, but... The church's ultimate goal is not to offer you the best product for you to as a consumer. And honestly, you don't want a church that exists simply to please you. How puny is that mission statement, right? We exist as the church for the purpose of serving our God. We exist for the purpose of serving beside you for the glory of our God. We exist for the purpose of growing together, encouraging each other, strengthening each other, loving each other. We exist to tell the world about the good news of Jesus Christ. We do not exist to offer you a product for you to consume. The church is a, a place for you to belong. How refreshing is that to hear? Right? For me, that makes this worth getting up for right? Let me give you an example. 
of, of something that might bring this home. Uh, let me give you an example of, of a mindset that I believe must change in our culture. I want you to imagine that your job transfers, transfers you to uh, Portland. Uh, you and your family are looking for a church home. You start doing research uh, and you find five churches, five options that, that you believe are faithful to scripture, that faithfully preach the gospel. You, 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 you find that they stand on the truth of scripture. You find five options that you know connect with you. These are five solid options. As you do your research, you notice that three of these five options have a five-star rating. <laughs> I mean, they have amazing worship, full ministries, amazing children's ministries, just raving reviews. Now, one of the five um, has a four-star review. So you search and you find nothing but five-star reviews except for one, which was a, a one-star review. And as you read that review, you find that it, this was clearly an angry person, had other issues. So by and large, you think, okay, well, four of these churches are nearly perfect reviews. But then you look at the fifth church. This one's a bit different. It's sitting at a three-star review. And as you read the reviews, although many of the review were, were, were positive, uh, there was one common thread that you found that really knocked down the review and that, that this church seemed to be lacking leaders in their family ministry, in their children's ministry. They seem to need children's workers. They, they need leaders in their family ministry. And that really got their reviews down. So now, as you take these five churches, knowing what you know, you put them each in front of you, you consider them. Now, as you line up these churches, how do you make your choice? Do you make your decision based upon which church could do, could be more of a service to you? Or do you make your decision based upon which church you can be more of a service to? Here's my fear. My fear is that we've lost our identity as contributing members to the body. And far too often, I have found that the question, where can I go to be of a service, is not even considered. The church is not a product for you to consume. It's a body for you to belong. Now, second, the church is not an event to attend. The church is not an event to attend. So looking at our text in 1 Corinthians, there's this beautiful emphasis on being, being the church, not simply going to. Now, we believe that the Bible calls us to gather as a church, right? We, we come together. But hear me, you don't go to church. You bring the church to the auditorium. Does that make sense? If we look at the church as though it were simply an event to attend, we become spectators, observers, and fans. And God's not looking for fans, spectators, or observers. He's looking for followers, participants, and members of his body. And church, this is a huge shift in perspective. Um, our, the music in our church is not a concert for you to enjoy. 
But our hope is that it is something that you participate in. Um, our, our teaching, our preaching, this is not a one-way event where you come and spectate. Our hope is that this is something you participate in, that you participate in, in your Bibles together, that we apply God's Word to together. Um, as I think uh, about this, I think of so many people in our church that are so gifted, so many members of the body who are empowered by the Holy Spirit. And, and hear me, you have not been empowered to watch to spectate. You've been empowered to engage. You've been gifted to engage. The church is not a product for you to consume. It's, it's not a, an event for you to attend. The church is a body for you to belong. I could say a lot more, but I want to give you one more. The church is not a building for, uh, to construct. The church is not a building to construct. For anyone at Stone Oak Bible Church, uh, you should just say amen right where you are. As a church plant who meets in a school, you better say amen to this. Um, now, of course, buildings, they're not evil or wrong, right? If anyone out there is looking to donate a building to a wonderful church in Stone Oak, um, we're, we're in, all right? We're all in. Uh, but the building is not the church. The building's not the goal. The building is simply a tool that the church can use for God's glory. And as a young church meeting in a school, um, we're often asked this question. Um, but listen, let me, let me say it like this. You bring the church to this school. If we meet in a school, you bring the church into that school. If we meet in a building, guess what? You bring the church to that room as well. Um, you are the church. You are the ones called out by God. You are the ones that Christ died for. You are the ones who have the spirit of God living inside of you. You are the body of Christ. And wherever we meet, whether here, whether in a building, whether in a park, whether in a school, um, church, you, you bring the church there. All across the globe, the church gathers, some in buildings, homes, community spaces, restaurants, hotels, some in theaters, some in underground and secret, some in extravagant buildings with bright signs, and everything in between. Regardless of where the church gathers, you are the church. The church is not a product to consume. It's not an event to attend. It's not a building to construct. It's a body to belong. So do you belong? I guess a better question is, do you know where you belong? Do you know how God has gifted you? Are you in your gifting? Hands, are you doing what only hands can do? Eyes, are you seeing? Ears, are you hearing? Elbows, are you bending, right? Do you know what you are? And are you operating in that gift in the church? Here's what I believe. I believe that so many um, believe what I am saying right now, but that so many don't know where to begin. And I believe that that can be so frustrating. Just how do I serve? How do I serve this community? I mean, you're telling me to be the church, but how? How do I put these gifts into use in the church? I believe we need a perspective shift. And I believe we need to turn our idea of typical church ministry upside down. Now, here's what I mean. I want you to imagine something with me. 
I want you to imagine a funnel. Down at the narrow end of the funnel, we have what, uh, quote unquote, the church. When I say the church, what I mean is the church institution. This represents pastors, staff, buildings, budget, everything like that, right? Just, quote unquote, the church. That's at the narrow end. At the wide end, we have what I'm going to call, quote unquote, the normal Christians, all right? This represents all of us. Right, So at the wide end, you have normal Christians. At the bottom, you have the church institution. Now, um, you can just imagine with me this funnel. And here's how ministry happens. Normal Christians at the top support the, the church institution to do the ministry. And ministry kind of funnels down into the funnel. Now, as you can imagine, no matter how big the church institution is, no matter the size of the staff, the budget, the building, whatever, the effectiveness of the ministry is fairly limited. This is a kind of come and see ministry, right? If, if the church is a product for you to consume, an event for you to attend, or a building, um, then this is the kind of ministry that we're left with. We spectate, we support as the church does the ministry. Now, this is a limited view of ministry. This view uh, of church limits the effectiveness of its members, and this, this limits the effectiveness of the church in a huge way. Now, let me challenge this perspective a little bit. Now, remember, you're the body, right? You're the ones who uh, God has gifted, right? You're the ones who have been empowered by the Spirit, right? I'm just checking. Uh, I want you to imagine now with me that this funnel was turned upside down, completely turned upside down. So now at the narrow, the narrow end is at the top and the wide end is at the bottom. Now at the narrow end, we still have the church, institution, budgets, pastors, buildings, whatever. And at the wide end, we have uh, quote unquote, normal Christians. Now I want you to remember Ephesians 4.11 that says he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers, what? To equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. So the pastors, teachers, staff, budgets, buildings, whatever, the, the quote-unquote church institution, um, these things are meant to support the work of the ministry, right? Because again, you are the empowered body, right? So now, when we see ministry like this, the funnel's turned upside down, and the effectiveness of the body is exponential. It shifts from being a come-and-see model of, of church to a go-and-be model of church. If there's one thing that Satan does not want, if there's one thing that Satan despises, it's for the church to be this go and be church. So the question then is this, where do you begin? How do you start? How do you begin? And the answer to this question is right where you are. I'm going to ask you a few questions that may sting a little bit. I know because they sting me as I ask them, all right? Um, when is the last time you shared your faith with someone? 
When is the last time you shared what God has done in your life with someone else? When's the last time you just went out of your way to serve someone, to encourage someone, to help someone? Here's a tough question. Um, If you were to pick up and move from your house, move from your neighborhood, would anyone care? Would they even notice? Here's another good one. Um, Do you conduct your business as, as someone who is an, an empowered member of the body of Christ. Um, let me phrase it like this. If, if, if you weren't a follower of Jesus, would you conduct yourself in your office any differently? Church, if just five of us, right, would get this and grab hold of this and understand that we are the body of Christ Um, our community would not be the same. Now imagine if 25 of us, imagine if 100 of us, 150 of us, right? Church, we're not talking about a puny movement here. We're talking about a movement, a church that would change our city. When we started this church, uh, statistics told us that approximately 12% of our community felt as though faith of any kind was important to them at all. If we were a church who grabbed hold of this, who caught hold of this, when they ran those numbers again in a couple of years, by the grace of God, we'd see that number climb. Imagine, church, being a part of a movement like that. That is a movement. That is the movement that we are called to as the body of Christ. We are not a product. We are not an event. We are not a building. We are not a social club. We are not a courthouse. We are the church, the body of Christ, called together by God, empowered by the Spirit under the headship of Jesus Christ. We have a purpose. We have a mission. You have a place. You belong. And you have everything you need through the Holy Spirit to accomplish more than you could ask or imagine for His glory. I want to finish with the last verse of our text. And as I read it, I want, I'll put it like this. This is written to you. As I read this, this is for you. All right. Verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Let's pray. God, thank you for this. Thank you for this, uh, this scripture. Help us, equip us, empower us to be your body for your glory. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.